Hello, and welcome to the Gay Pirate Podcast, where it's Yule and like the halfway point between Hot Pirate Summer ending and the next Hot Pirate Summer beginning. So we made you a present, and it's us talking about (laughs) what we do in the Shadows movie. (laughs) I am Lark Malachi Gray, and we're werewolves, not swearwolves. And I am Jesse Blount, dead but delicious. Facts. (laughs) (laughs) Facts. <laughs> <laughs> My obvious second choice was, of course, Count Fagula. So, so but. good. <laughs> um, also, I just like pulled that quote at random because I forgot to do that uh, part of pr- preparing. And as I was saying it out loud, I was like, this is funny, but it's also like the opposite of true. <laughs> we are the most swearwolves of all. <laughs> <laughs> we. Uh, sure are. Anyway, you are here <laughs> to listen to us talk about one of Taika Watiti's films that he co-wrote and co-directed with his good bud, his good creative bud, ooh, who I did not write down his name. Jermaine Clement. Thank you, Jermaine Clement. I'm pretty, is... I actually didn't check on the pronunciation, but I think that's how you say it. Um, they do a lot of creative stuff together because they are good friends and i feel like wrote should have been in quotation marks because like our beloved our flag means death most of this movie is improvised (laughs) oh really (laughs) oh man i should have left that for the crystals attract demons but But we're not doing segments so you can't do that that's fair uh (laughs) apparently according to the internet uh they wrote a script and then didn't show it to anyone and so most of this movie (laughs) is just Everyone improvising. That makes so much sense. <laughs> ah, so uh. we think that this is relevant to your interests, and if not, why not watch some vampire movies during Yule? I mean, who gives a fuck? Anyway, yeah, exactly. So we start off following a documentary crew who is following four vampire roommates: um, Dandy Thiago. Unholy Nosferatu S. Terror Peter, Knitting Smartass Deacon, and uh, Old Fashioned Perv Vlad in Wellington, New Zealand, where they're just living their um, unlives together as roommates. And it turns out that having vampire roommates is very similar to having human roommates because it still means dirty dishes. (laughs) (laughs) And chore wheels. (laughs) Chore wheels. Mostly because uh, Viago is the uh, dandy house dad who was mm-hmm. like, please someone do all these bloody dishes. And like most realistically of all chore wheels that have not been moved in five years. Like that is every, <laughs> every housemate chore wheel. Yes, if you've ever tried to live in a co-op or cooperative housing situation, even with more than two people, a lot of things about living together in this movie will feel painfully familiar. Truly. Um, even though Deacon has himself a familiar named Jackie, a.k.a. an unpaid intern who does everything that she asks, including cleaning and taking his dry cleaning, but mainly involves bringing him victims. And all of this annoying frustrating work in exchange for one day making her a vampire which is totally gonna happen one day y'all don't worry any day now so we get to see her bring over some victims for the vampires to eat and one of them nick 
ends up getting turned by Peter. So now he is a brand spanking new vampire who has not quite gotten the hang of uh, being a vampire just yet. I mean, he still even has human friends like his best bud, Stu. Uh, but Nick comes out of the coffin to Stu, who does not seem to give a single fuck that his friend is a vampire. And it kind of helps that all the rest of the vampires um, in the house are, like, totally obsessed with Stu in a way that is very funny. And Stu, meanwhile, brings the guys to the 21st century with cell phones and selfies and the internet. One of the ways in which Nick is still figuring out the whole being a vampire thing is that he goes around telling people that he's a vampire when they go out in the town, which is a terrible idea because he tells it to someone who says that he is a literal vampire hunter who ends up coming back to the house and ends up killing Peter. R.I.P. Peter. Also, the cops show up because all the screaming and the, br- and the breaking and entry and all of that stuff. And also partly because of Deacon fighting Nick because Peter was Deacon's beloved sire. Uh, when the cops do show up, Viego hypnotizes the cops, but his powers aren't that great, but they manage to get away with it. But the vampires just can't let Nick get away with his lack of common sense and end up banishing him from the house. Womp womp. Sometime later, uh, the vampires receive an invitation to the biggest supernatural romp of Wellington, the Unholy Masquerade. Only that the guest of honor is the Beast, who has bested Vlad and kind of ruined his self-esteem. Every, all the rest of the vampires go, including Nick and Stu, and we find out that Jackie is now a vampire who just got Nick to make her a vamp, which, good for her. Good for we also her. Find out, <laughs> we also find out that, quote-unquote, the Beast is just a very attractive lady named Pauline, who is Vlad's ex and who he was clearly not over. Also, it turns out you're really not supposed to bring humans to the masquerade, and so they all gotta get Stu out before it becomes a bloodbath. Um, Vlad does show up to sort of help out with it, um, but everyone ends up getting out okay, but unfortunately it's the full moon and they run into the werewolves again, who we see earlier, and Stu and Camera Guy 1 get it. R.I.P. Stu and Camera Guy 1. Um, but at least Deacon's beef with Nick also dies. But Stu's not dead. He's just a werewolf now, y'all. And now, since his best friend is a werewolf, Nick is now friends with the werewolves. And the rest of the vampires are also, I guess, now friends with with the werewolves. And the rest of the pack, which is, like, pretty cute. And Viego, who has spent this entire movie pining over his lost love, Catherine, just decides to turn this adorable 90-year-old lady into a vampire, too. And now they can be together forever as vampires. Yep. And listener, I think if you haven't watched this and you just listened to that recap and you were like, was there a plot? The answer is no, there is no plot. This movie has no plot. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just vibes. It's like a very indie documentary. And that's fine. Yeah. I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah, I liked it more this time than the first time I watched it. But before we super get into it, what do I have to say? Oh, just in case you're like, God, I've missed you so much. And you somehow like didn't catch or forgot that we have like a bunch of other stuff that we do. We make like a lot of other podcasts and (laughs) you can be listening to us all day, every day. Check the show notes. There's lots of ways for you to engage with us. And also, I just want to remind you or not remind, maybe tell you for the first time, we will not be back when the show is back. We will be back in june 
Um, you got to give us time to be fans without thinking about it as work, because that's really important to making the show good. You need to let us watch it 10, 20, 50 times without making any notes about the episodes first. So Hot Pirate Summer will resume in June, even though I think the show comes back in March. I I don't know if they had released a time that was going to be dropped by HBO. Okay. Um, Yeah, I think that's it. Also, it's Jesse's birthday. Everyone say happy birthday to Jesse. If you enjoy this conversation about us talking about vampire stuff, you could join our Patreon and listen to our Buffy podcast where we talk lots more about um, different famous vampire fiction. So mm-hmm. just throwing it out there. Yeah. Give Jesse a birthday present. Join our Patreon. Yes. Okay. This movie. <laughs> when did you when did you first meet this movie? Please tell me. Okay, I'm going to be honest. I didn't see this movie until this past summer after I had of course binged all of Our Flag Means Death. And I had and like this had sort of been on my Oh, I should watch this. This seems relevant to my interest movie and finally i was like okay well i know there's this television show that is out that the internet is into and i'm like whenever i need a break from watching our flag means death over and over again i'm like this seems like a fun thing to enjoy and so i watched it and really enjoy it as someone who loves uh vampire media and also likes people making fun of vampire media (laughs) (laughs) so yeah, same, same. The first time I watched it, I obviously was like not taking notes and I was like doing an art project while I was watching it. And I think that it made the lack of plot kind of more of a problem for me to be like doing two things at once because it made me feel like I must be missing something. I was like, oh, am I like just doing a strangely bad job at like doing something with my hands and watching something which is how I always watch tv for the most part um and I was like no I'm not I, this movie just like literally doesn't have a plot. <laughs> um so that was like a little discombobulating but watching it today and like taking notes which a lot you know meant that I was writing down a lot of just like the really good lines that are in it I think that made me appreciate it more Because it's got, like, a lot of really good lines. And it's just very silly. Yeah, this movie is deeply silly and, like, fun in a way that just feels kind of (laughs) nice. Yeah. (laughs) Honestly. Uh, Especially because, like, I feel like horror-adjacent media can take itself really seriously, even though it is, like, notoriously also very silly and absurd. Yeah. Uh, And I think that this is clearly, like, a labor of love from people who really like vampire movies yeah all right yeah so here's my first here's my first note is that viago autocorrects to virgo for a reason (laughs) (laughs) yes Yeah, like the first note that I started trying to take, I was like, "Oh yeah, my notes app gets it." Like, <laughs> you know, now that you say that, I realize in my notes, 
And it also, I'm just like, I didn't spell it like that. I didn't spell it Virgo, but I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And just like him trying to like wrangle all of his roommates, except for Peter, who is an unholy terror <laughs> of, a, of, a, of a nightmare creature. It's yeah. Deeply funny. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like you both, like, feel for him and also are like, oh my god, you must be so infuriating to live with simultaneously, which is... Yeah, I mean, but it's true. I mean, you know, all of the uh, blood-soaked everything would really pile up if there wasn't someone being like, someone please clean where he's like stop eating people on my couch or whatever and they're like oh you mean the red one and he's like it's red now yeah (laughs) (laughs) and yeah and since this movie has no plot it's just a a documentary we get a little bit of back we start off with a little bit of backstory actually we get a a little bit of everyone's backstory about how they ended up in New Zealand Mm -hmm. Viago is I'm tempted to move there to follow his lady love, Catherine, but his familiar doesn't put on enough of those uh, forever stamps <laughs> and is not overnighted to New Zealand, but is in fact media mailed there. And it takes him 18 months for his coffin to get to New Zealand. And by that time, Catherine has found another love and has married him. Yeah. Which is very sad for him. I want to say, I know that this like is way 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 later in the episode but like when he's reflecting on that to us and he's like of course i like i wanted to kill the guy that she married but like she seemed really happy so also i was like pretty happy for her and i wasn't gonna take that away i just like my entire reaction was like snape based of like this (laughs) like to all of the snape apologists out there i was like this is what it looks like when you love someone who doesn't love you as you're fucking happy that they're happy this is love not obsession thank you viago excellent work sir (laughs) yeah he is he is the best dandy though the idea that that man is straight is like the least believable part of this entire movie oh yeah exactly (laughs) it is deep it is deeply ridiculous um and for folks that maybe haven't seen the movie um but have seen our flag means death you should definitely google photos of taika watiti as viago because it's just like how is this the same actor and i know this movie is from 2014 but still. <laughs> it is bananas. Both him and Reese Darby in this movie. If you like showed me this movie, even like days before I first watched Our Flag Means Death, and you were like, guess what? These two men are sex symbols now. I would have laughed in your face. Like with Taika Waititi, you can let you're like, you've got the bone structure. Like you can see the potential. Reese Darby in like, can you imagine what it's like to be Reese Darby's wife? And you're like, you married a six. And you're like, he's a great guy. He's funny. This is, this is, we have a lovely life. And then he's 40 fucking something years old. And all of a sudden your husband is like being thirsted over by 20 year olds, the internet over. That must be so weird. 
That must be so fucking confusing. (laughs) I feel like it's like probably weird, but also I'm sure a little bit of like a little bit like a little bit validating. Yeah. You know, it's also a thing that I say a lot whenever we're talking about visual media is like hair makes such a difference. Like just a little bit of volume, you know, and also if his hair does that beautiful curl on its own, why is everything that he's in previous to our flag means death him just like brushing it down over his face so tragically i mean yeah i i don't know i mean i'm gonna go out on a limb and say that and maybe this is just based on you know watching him as steed but i think with his hair off of his face it does it like makes him look so much softer and more tender and i feel like a lot of his other previous roles especially like his like kind of indie roles in new zealand he's like more of like kind of like a gruff asshole kind of dude or like someone who's like trying to be tough and i think that would really ruin the toughness if he just had you know his curly hair back and you could just see his like cute little round face and you just be like yeah i i'm sorry you're too cute to taste it Yeah, totally. And obviously, like, his bearing as Steed is very different, too. And, like, the clothes that you wear also makes, like, a really big difference. Like, wearing wearing a, a beautiful aqua, well-tailored shirt is super different from wearing, like, a tracky, whatever they track suit zip-up thing that he's wearing in this movie. You know, I also, I actually, this this actually reminds me of maybe the other real reason why I finally watched this movie this past summer was that because the amount of, the amount of Our Flag Means Death fan fiction was sort of like, is sort of like a water hose at some point this summer where there was just like so many fix and I was like literally just trying to put my mouth on the fire hose and try to consume all of it. Like Viago trying to... <laughs> uh... Could we maybe compare it more to arterial spray perhaps yes. thematically? <laughs> yes, that is exactly... I want to make I want to make a meme of that for this episode. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, that that visual is was basically me. And so I think this inspired a lot of people to also ship Viago and Anton, who is Reese Darby's uh werewolf character is Anton. So there's so the like so like all of a sudden that ship sort of exploded and also there is a little there I've seen some like crossover effect that I'm like mildly interested in, but like not totally. And so I'm just like, oh, if I watch this movie <laughs> could read even more fics i would read a fanfic where viago and steed just like brush each other's hair and compliment each other's like ruffled neck pieces though i that would be a very um tender and wonderful just like queer friends fic that i would be very into. oh my god i'll have to, i'll have to, i'll have to see i'll have to see if there is any and like i mean obviously i love vampire and werewolves so i'm like Oh, I do like gay pirate fic, but I'm also really here for vampire werewolf fic. Anyway, mm-hmm. so that's the other reason why I watched this movie. And it's great because it they, there's a lot of world building for it, I'm sure, is for quite a bit of improv. Yeah. So yeah, so Viago moves from Germany to New Zealand. And so does Deacon, unfortunately, as a Nazi vampire. Yeah, what's what is that? 
Why is that? I, I, I mean, I kind of personally, I think it was a little bit of a misstep because like at no point does that age well. And I'm like, even though I Deacon's aesthetic is like my second favorite aesthetic of this movie. First, of course, to Viago, but I'm like, Deacon, I can't get past the fact that you were a Nazi, my dude. Um, yeah, and I'm kind of like, I wish you guys would have made a different joke. For real. I don't, yeah. I was, at both times, I've just been like, what? Ew, what? Ew. <laughs> the fact that it's like, played in a, like, delivered in a way that's sort of like, oh, if you thought it was like, bad to be a Nazi after World War II. Just imagine how bad it was to be a vampire Nazi. And it's like, are we... What? It, I don't know what's going on here, but I don't think I like it. I, I think it... I think if the point was to be like, all of these vampires are varying degrees of evil, where you have very tender, soft evil, <laughs> like Viago, and then like Peter, who is just an unknowable nightmare monster. Yeah. And like... Vlad and Deacon are like sort of in the middle. I'm like, you could have picked any war, I think, <laughs> to like have Deacon. Like, he could have been from World War One and be German. It was like we had a Nazi infantry, and then when World War One ended, I fucking bounced to New Zealand, you know. And it would have been, I think, you could have conveyed the same thing about him being sort of the like bad boy young vampire without it being sort of. Uh, overly unfortunate to have him be a Nazi. Yeah. I also would argue that it just kind of doesn't matter. Like, it matters to Viago's backstory, how he got there, because, like, that's an ongoing part of the quote-unquote plot. Like, the thing with Catherine keeps coming up. But, like, where, how Vlad and Deacon got there and, like, what they were previously, like, literally just doesn't even fucking matter. So it's, like, even more unfortunate that that's in there. Yeah. I do want to say, though, not about Deacon, but, like, I know that both Vlad and Sirius Black in the movies were styled after the same source material, right, of Dracula, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Mm -hmm. Um, This portrayal is so much more what Sirius Black should look like than Gary Oldman as Sirius Black. It is <laughs> shocking. I was like, this, like, Jermaine Clement as Vlad is, like, exactly Sirius Black, and it's really unfortunate. I don't know if maybe I just, like, don't think Gary Oldman is hot, or maybe... I think he's, well, I definitely think he's way too old. I think that's a big part of it. But, like, he is nailing it. He looks fucking hot, and he looks like Sirius Black. I don't know, it just made me like... Which is, which is really funny, because he is inspiring his look on Gary Oldman in Dracula. <laughs> in the, like, 1992 version of Dracula. So it's, um, yeah, I, I, you are totally correct. Like, he would be... Like, in aesthetic, but I think, and also just, like, the way that he is, like, his character in this movie. Yeah, so much more, like, cocksure and, like, queer and just hot. He's so hot. Mm-hmm. But also with that, like, <laughs> undercurrent of, like, depression and self-esteem issues. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, Petition to recast <laughs> Serious Black. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, anyway. Right. So we we see the vampires getting ready to go out on the night in the town. And I love this scene so much because I think about how vampires get dressed so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's something that I honestly wish wish was addressed more in Buffy, which I'm like, I feel like this would be the place to do so, but it really isn't. Um, and I like honestly think that like, this is like maybe one of the reasons for vampires to live together in the first place <laughs> yeah. is this scene where since they can't see their reflection, everyone's like sketching their outfits to show to one another and just like giving all this feedback about their very funny mismatched dated outfits. It's so <laughs> great. The little and drawings. I died for real. They're Yes, that that killed me, of course. And I just think my favorite is just like how gay the results are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because let's be real about how a lot of Western world fashion is like like queer people are on the cutting edge of that shit. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so the pattern and time frame mixing of like the the vampire's clothing just looks more like queer avant-garde at like every step. Of the the outfits that they're wearing and then them having that little like jam session. When I tell you the feeling of homesickness for New Orleans that enveloped my body, like they literally you could find that exact trio of people wearing that exact outfit playing that exact music on a street corner on like any part of the french quarter slash like marini (laughs) at any moment if you just walk down the street in new orleans it is it is uncanny um they look i just fucking love it so much we we missed the the title song though we have to talk about the song oh yes we do have to talk about the title song which for folks who watch the what we do in the shadows television show will recognize which is uh oh my god i did not pull out the name of the artist who sings that song even though i have a lot of feelings about it all right so the title the title song that they play over the opening credits of this here movie is you're dead by norma tangia who is a biracial folk singer from the 60s. And if you're like, wow, how have I never heard about her? That would be because of the patriarchy. Because she was doing stuff with with the same, you know, cohort of folks that we all know from like 60s folk music. But because she is, was multi-ethnic and because she was a woman doing folk music she just did not gain the same level of popularity as like a bunch of other 60s male folk singers um and unfortunately she did actually die in the past couple of years but because of using uh her song you're dead in both this movie and as a theme of the what we do in the shadows television show she at least before she died like was getting a little bit more notoriety and popularity because of like people being introduced to her via this song. And I mean her voice is just like it like gives me chills. <laughs> it, 
Truly. I don't um I don't really like the TV show, but I have watched a lot of it and never once have I clicked the skip intro button. I'm like, have I watched three of these today? Yes. Do I want to listen to this song for a third time today? Yes. It's been 25 and a half minutes since last time I heard it. Like, definitely got to listen again. It's a fucking banger. It's so good. Yeah. Like, the song is so good. Her voice is amazing. I like... I don't know. I feel mad for like Teenage Jesse, which was sort of the height of my enjoyment of like fo- of like folk singer songwriters to be like, if I had known about her, I would have brought this album and played it on repeat. <laughs> and yeah. then that obnoxious asshole who was like, oh, you like Bob Dylan? Uh, what about Phil Ox and Norma Tangia? You don't know about that shit, do you? <laughs> Uh, wait, can you hold a second? I gotta turn the light on. It's got yeah. very dark in here. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, do yourself a favor and go play your dad or put it on a playlist or a mixtape. If people are still making mixtapes, I don't know, your life. But it's definitely now a staple on my Halloween playlists for sure. Yep. All right. So the vampire's going on for a night in a town. And because we are playing by Dracula... Vampire rules. Um, the vampires can't go into any of the nightclubs unless they are directly invited in, which they are not because they are clearly only trying to go to straight clubs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Wellington, New Zealand, this is like a big enough place. There's at least one gay bar you guys could be going to. For real. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. I'm just like arguing with the with the bouncers being like. <laughs> It's like the best way to not be invited in to any club is to just be like begging to be invited <laughs> in when no one tried to stop you in the first place. It is it is pretty entertaining. And then we meet some other vampires uh, throughout the Wellington community because we learn that there are about 70 vampires in the greater Wellington area. And I did some vague number crunching. There's about... In like 2014, when this movie came out, there was roughly 400,000 people in the greater Wellington area. So I'm like, that probably makes sense for the amount of people these vampires seem to eat. Yeah, they're um, they're going the the Sunnydale route of killing everyone they bite. Uh, so they must, A, maybe not need to eat very frequently, or I don't, I don't know, maybe... Maybe just these vampires are very bad at their jobs. And I mean, Viago <laughs> specifically is like yeah. incapable of biting someone without hitting a major artery. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I also did a little bit of research. Uh, the the like very extraness of the splurting blood is like Hollywood. But I think it is pretty funny though that he's like a 300 some year old vampire and still doesn't know where on the neck <laughs> to like not have that. I know. No, I was reading about, obviously, my, I I don't use Google, so I guess it's not going to do anything. But like, my, my search history now is like arterial spray. (laughs) It seems like it's pretty realistic, like maybe not the sustainedness of it, but um, the, the strength and the distance. um, Pretty, pretty realistic. You should not uh, hit the artery if you're a vampire, turns out. Other ways that vampire media has lied to us. <laughs> Maybe everyone's just going, like, right, not quite for that vein, I guess. Or they have some sort of, like, um, you know how mosquitoes, like, 
the thing that makes mosquito bites itch is like a venom that goes in so that it like doesn't just gush blood out. Maybe vampires have that. Yeah, like an anticoagulant. Yeah. Or no, a coagulant, right? Isn't yeah. coagulating what makes it thick? I think that is what causes it to like stop bleeding. Right. Yes. Something something to that effect. Yeah. Anyway. So maybe yeah. vampires do that. So like if you keep your teeth on it, maybe it's sort of like releasing a chemical that like regulates the blood flow, whereas Viago seems to be sort of like sinking his teeth in and then stepping back and then just being like doused in fucking blood. <laughs> maybe I mean he is very particular. Maybe he just doesn't like keeping his mouth on the neck that like for that long. Yeah, maybe. Um, his, him tucking his very ineffectual napkin into his collar. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, He's but anyway, such a gem. Uh, what an excellent character. So we so we meet some other vampires in their walk and then we get to one of my one of my favorite bits where they meet like some like I don't know, like 13 or 14 looking like vampires that look 13 or 14 but are much older. Mm-hmm. And Vlad is like, are you going to go kill some perverts tonight? <laughs> and I'm just like... And they're like, yeah, we're going to meet up with some dude. And I'm like, what? So funny. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. I love it too. But yeah, so these guys are not very good at getting an invitation to the bar or to find uh, their own victims. But good thing that Deacon has a familiar, Jackie, his um, unpaid intern to vampirism. (laughs) Um, Who, she's only in a few scenes. I love Jackie. I love her so much. And God, did you watch you watch the credits all the way through, I reckon? Oh, I did not. Uh, did you at least get to the part where like we see Vampire Jackie? No. Okay. So in the credits, like we get a couple pieces of information. Vlad and the Beast are temporarily back together and we see them sort of like battling it out and they're like, it's probably not going to work out. Um, but then we see Jackie sitting at the kitchen table with her husband. She's like in all black looking amazing. Um, and she's like, so my husband is my familiar now. And she's like giving him a list of things to do. And yeah, she's like, you know, I love you. Right. And he's like, yeah, I love you too. And she's like, but I am your master. And then she like looks into the camera and she's like, I just feel like I've really like, I'm my true self now. And you're like, yes, <laughs> so good. Also, one of the things she's telling him to do is buy a bedazzler. <laughs> she is going to have the best, like, she's going to buy, she's going to like either buy or have her husband make a velvet cloak and she's going to bedazzle whatever her vampire name is on the back. <laughs> yeah. And then she's going to have matching ones for her kids who she loves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, it's so good. So yeah, at this point, but at this point of the film, Jackie is just—I don't know—like you know, the fourth shift, which is taking care of her family, but also this man-child vampire, like yeah. his dry cleaning and cleaning up the dishes that he was supposed to do, but also bringing some victims for uh, the vampire roommates to eat, um, specifically virgins. 
specifically which... some girl that bullied her and her <laughs> ex-boyfriend from when she was 12 because <laughs> she's like the important thing is that i not like these people because they are going to be killed <laughs> i love that she called her the girl that bullied her in like college or high school or whatever because like that's some petty shit that i would do <laughs> how does she convince her to come to this dinner party I don't know. Uh, I kind of wondered if, if like, um, what's his face? Deacon is able to give her some sort of, like, thrall powers when she's, like, doing his bidding. Because really nothing about the conversation that we overhear her having with this woman gives you any reason to think that that woman would be like, yes, I want to come to a weird dinner party. So, like, maybe she has a little, like hypnosis skills but only if it's like in his service you know or she's worked in sales and it's really convincing <laughs> <laughs> we saw that phone call <laughs> that's true Maybe Devolved not. very quickly into her arguing true. with that woman about who like whether or not she was the originator of a mean nickname <laughs> jackie was called so jackie convinces these two people to come over to the vampire house and because these vampires are assholes, uh, they also have to prank these humans that they're about to eat. <laughs> By, like, feeding them cans of cold spaghetti and then hypnotizing them to be like, you're now eating a plate of worms, a la the Lost Boys from, like, I don't know that part of the Lost Boys, but I've only seen that movie a couple times, so never mind. <laughs> but... My favorite part is where they try to do it one person at a time like instead of telling them both that they're eating worms hypnotizing both of them they do it to nick and then when they're done having fun like making him freak out then they start to do it I, do we even learn this woman's name i don't think we do okay cool they try to do it to her and she's like like it's that's clearly not that's clearly not gonna work because like i just watched you <laughs> Like, you know, the vibes are off. I need to leave this party. Um, and then the vampires are still having fun. So they chase him through the house. It's so funny because we have Nick and the like camera dude. And Nick is like, what the fuck is happening? And then he's like being chased. Nick is being chased through the house by the vampires. And then there's like a bit where they mentioned earlier that like uh, Vlad is like, ever since his big conflict with the beast has his powers have not been as good and his animal transformation hasn't been as good. He can't get the faces right anymore. He couldn't get the faces right anymore. And like Nick like tries to go into her room and Vlad is like transforming to a cat, but it's like a black cat in like just his face. He looks like the Cheshire cat <laughs> in like a hell version of Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> I know, it's really funny. It's so funny. And then my favorite bit is when like Nick like runs into her room and he like thinks he's safe and then an arm comes out of his out of the backpack and it's like <laughs> somehow Vlad has like gotten in there and is like trying to grab him out of the backpack <laughs> and I'm just like this is ridiculous and also a little bit creepy but it's mostly deeply funny. It's so funny. They took like all of the best like scary mockumentary sort of you know fake documentary parts of the Blair Witch Project and like made them into the silliest possible thing it's very effective I want do you I started reading the Wikipedia article about this and then I like forgot that I was doing that <laughs> but, um 
how did they how did they like get so much wire work done because that's like a, a lot like you have to do like train i mean maybe you don't like high school theater productions do wire work sometimes but it just is like seems like very detailed wire work that they're doing and like a set where doing wire work would be really complicated but there's like a lot of it in that scene specifically where like there, at one point all three of them are like flying in formation <laughs> behind nick chasing him okay uh i didn't read the Wikipedia entry, because I was mostly looking for trivia about this movie. But if I had to guess, if I had to guess, my guess would be that because of the Lord of the Rings movies, there are some really top-notch special effects uh, studios in New Zealand now. And oh. so I wonder if they, like, connected with someone or, like, maybe someone who, like, trained with them or worked with them or something. Like, I feel like the legacy of Lord of the Rings is that there's, like, a lot of, like, talented movie people who have worked on movies in New Zealand. You know? interesting and so that would be my guess yeah that makes sense because i feel like i didn't look at the budget but this feels like a like a low budget ish movie it does yeah the only thing that makes it not feel like that is the amount of like very seamless wire work you know it doesn't look yeah. jerky like you're watching like a high school stage production you know yeah i still think i also think the whatever cgi if they use any is really good um because i really like uh, sort of interspersed into this film, you know, we'll see uh, photos and paintings and artwork of like each of the vampires in like different time periods, which is excellent world building, I think, for like, like just a split second that just like really just enriches sort of the world. And like, so it's like, oh, these vampires have been around for a long time, but they're like also, they're like living in the world in a way that I think, I think maybe a lot of. It kind of depends on, like, whatever kind of vampire media you do, like, how well that is established or if that does happen at all. Right. Yeah. It sort of reminds me of the, like, the split second of, like, I don't know, Spike and Drew in Italy. Where they're just saying ciao back and forth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is, like, one of my favorite bits of, the, of like, both Buffy and Angel the series. <laughs> I think about that bit constantly. <laughs> Um, and so I love that here. I love it. I also love that they use, I think, just sort of like generic, like medieval art that's sort of, you know, easily accessible through like a, I don't even know, whatever. You can find it easily online. Because when they're like, oh yeah, he can't get the faces right anymore on his like animal transformations, they just like flash a bunch of like goofy, like Byzantine monk art of like animals with people faces from before people learned how to draw pictures or whatever yeah um and it's it's like very effective because it does give the impression that like these are of this character Uh even though i think he hasn't even been alive for that long but yeah the the timing i think the timing of the backstories i think especially for viago who is like almost 400 years old but i'm like like european dandies were not for not from 400 right years ago. <laughs> he's 379 oh so vladislav is 862 years old yeah so those could totally be him right when was the byzantine i don't know <laughs> i mean i think that there have maybe been weird drawings of animals up until pretty recently <laughs> that's say. true but the the style specifically at least to me reminds me of um the two monks uh 
articles from the toast rip um which i think we're all like specifically byzantine monk art yeah oh peter eats him that's where we are yes uh yeah peter gets the last word slash bite um and also turns sick into a vampire because why the fuck not mm-hmm. <laughs> uh until we get a very funny bit about him being just brand new spanking vampire and everyone being very frustrated by him but his like the bits about like his turning where he's like yeah it's kind of like i had the flu but then he's like his bleeding from his eyes and he's like floating in a corner of his like bedroom and he's like you know it's just like i have like the cold like these like cold sweats <laughs> and like a little bit of flying and i'm like my dude <laughs> And that does that take two months? Is he in that condition for two months? Or is he in that condition and then he's like on his own? Because it's like two months goes by before they like invite him into their little pack. I mean, I imagine he's probably just like trying to figure himself out and then decides that maybe he should join the other vampire. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, yeah, it turns out it's hard being a vampire when all your friends and family are human. Um, that for Stu, who is great. <laughs> Fucking Stu, so great. I think it's. I think this is maybe one of the funniest parts of this movie is how obsessed everyone is with just like Stu. Just like he's just like this totally like boringish regular dude. With almost like, no lines. Uh yeah. So I have some trivia about that, which is okay. <laughs> uh the the dude in real life who's. First name actually is Stu. Uh, actually does work in computers. And <laughs> they kept telling him that, like, yeah, we're going to hire you for for computers, but, like, could you maybe do a couple of scenes, <laughs> too? And I think he, like, maybe didn't do any computer work. <laughs> and it was just, like, in this movie. <laughs> Which is maybe why he does not have a lot of blinds of dialogue, because he's not an improv actor. That's he's so funny. A oh, dude my God. Imagine being, oh my god, that scene now where everyone just like, he keeps being like, I'm Stu, I work in IT, and they keep being like, louder, we can't hear you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh my god, that's so funny. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but uh, Stu's a great dude who does not care that his best friend is a vampire and that he now lives with three other vampires who are like grandparents when it comes to the internet. <laughs> so hooks them up. He, they want to watch videos of the sunrise. <laughs> I like it's so tragic. I, I love that part. Uh, my favorite part also is this incredibly dated Facebook joke. Oh my God. Where, so where, funny. Where, so uh, this is Vlad the poker. <laughs> is Vlad. And he created a Facebook account. And Stu's like, do you want to poke her? And he's like, <laughs> like the obviousness of his like, yes, obviously. Yeah. Is like, I don't know if there are any other movie jokes about when Facebook was so young, you could still just randomly poke people that exist. But this is clearly the best one. <laughs> it, yes, hands down. <laughs> also, probably the joke in this movie that like will age the worst because like probably anyone younger than us 
us yeah i mean when did poking stop being a thing a long time ago it was it was it was around for far later than you would think but i think it came off of the like sidebar i feel like maybe not long after it became sort of open to the public i think so i was a really late late comer to facebook i feel like i got facebook in like 2008 maybe and i feel like poking was only a thing for maybe a year or two after i got it that would make sense although this was 2012 right that they filmed this 12 or 4 uh they they might have filmed it in 2012 and then it came out in 2014 because it took a long time to edit down all the hours of (laughs) improv (laughs) that makes sense footage so yeah yeah this is gonna be one of those things that people are just gonna watch and there's like that this entire scene is incomprehensible to me because i don't even know what it's referencing yeah totally (laughs) which happens in old movies where i'm just like what is this reference i don't know did we miss the first vampire run-in with the with the werewolves oh Oh, yeah the first werewolf run-in i think we did uh we run into after the night out a werewolf pack headed up by uh 2002's biggest dark horse uh heartthrob reese darby he's the alpha male he is (laughs) he also is like it feels like they based steed bonnet on this vampire (laughs) or on this werewolf character he keeps like scolding people for swearing that line that i said in my intro like he's like come on guys we're what and they like say in unison werewolves not swearwolves like it it has big we talk it through as a crew vibes is what i'm saying yeah it it is it is pretty entertaining and right like having them do breathing exercises so they don't wolf out in anger <laughs> so um and I, I i also love this scene because this movie already has big vampires as cats vibe because they whenever when the vampires get into confrontations they like hiss and like make their bodies really large and then like fly up to the ceiling at each other which is already very much like cats having a tiff energy but their like hatred of their werewolves and how much they smell (laughs) is also very much like it's big cat energy in a way that is just deeply funny it's so fucking funny that yeah when they're like backing away from the werewolves like they're all like walking backwards and like hissing but sort of clumped together it yeah it totally it feels exactly like a cat being confronted with like a great dane you know and like i know the werewolves are being technically kind of aggressive towards them but it 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 feels like you know, the werewolves would turn and be friendly in, like, a second. But these vampires are just like, you get one step closer to me and I'm going to claw the shit out of you. Exactly. It's so good. It's so funny. <laughs> uh, and I don't remember where were we. Oh, uh, the vampires go back out with Nick. Uh, I love how Deacon is mad because Nick is wearing a very similar, like... Uh, what is it called? Band like, leader jacket. 
Yeah, band leader. I, for some reason, I had like circus ring leader, but man, it's a different coat. But yeah, like a weird, like similar, yeah, band leader coat, and he's very annoyed. <laughs> yeah, I would be too, for real. That's a very distinctive signature look in 2014. <laughs> Uh, but also this Nick going around telling everyone that he's a vampire is so fun. <laughs> like, he just cannot shut up to everyone about how he's a vampire. And the fact that he's like, it's like, like in Twilight, which is like, <laughs> nothing about Twilight vampires are vampires. Sorry, everyone. Uh, For real, also, they're like, that's like the least cool comparison. <laughs> it's the least sexiest vampires you could find. Yeah. Um, and I know that what's his face, Robert Patterson. Robert Patterson is a good-looking dude, but like Twilight vampires as a whole are not sexy. No. So yeah, the fact that that's his comparison is really funny to me. Oh man. Uh, and then you find out there's vampire hunters because some dude's like, "Oh, really? I'm a vampire hunter." <laughs> and then Nick apparently gives him his email address. Which I assume is a new one that he got that's like, I am a vampire at hotmail.com. That's my guess. Yeah, probably. It's it's definitely a hotmail account. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is maybe not the burn that we think it is, because I think hotmail is still a thing in Australia. I have like several Australian uh, tarot clients and like usually their email addresses are at Hotmail, which is weird because you can't even log into Hotmail in the US anymore. It like takes you to like a Microsoft page that like does like you can't use a Hotmail account to log into it. So I think who was Hotmail absorbed by? I think it was Microsoft. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So no offense, New Zealand and Australian listeners, I think is the point. Yes. And it's always really funny because it's like, Nick, you have hypnosis powers, presumably, maybe. So even if typically you're a vampire, you don't have to have them remember that you're a vampire. But yeah, whatever. So then this vampire hunter shows up. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he kills Peter 8,000 years. And he's taken down by like a scotch of sunlight. R.I.P. 8,000 years is a long fucking time. Yeah, where what even is that like the Bronze Age? Like, what even is eight thousand years ago? Let's find out. And so I feel like it makes sense if you're that old that you would have a stone coffin <laughs> to protect you. True. <laughs> this is so silly. Why do I care so much? I just do. It looks like according to the internet, we're still sort of in. People are mostly just still in the Fertile Crescent crescent doing stuff and like hunter gatherer stuff yeah neolithic period so he came about in the time that people were switching from hunter gatherer to agriculture so which makes sense that he's both a very incomprehensible character because like i don't know what is even time to you at that point for real you know yeah and obviously for film nerds uh peter is very much inspired by the vampire in the movie Nosferatu. <laughs> and just looks, yeah, not not a sexy vampire, a like crawled out from under a rock to eat you at night kind of vampire. Yeah. I wonder what his name started as and like how many variations he's had of it over the years. I love that he's like 
it's made vampiric by being Peter spelled with a Y, but then it's still like his name is still fucking Peter. Yep, Peter <laughs> the Vampire. Such va- a good joke. <laughs> Peter the Vampire. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's it's a really it's a really good gag. Also, I mean, clearly they can eat animal blood because the first time we s- glimpse Peter, Viago gives him the a burlap sack with a chicken in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like passive aggressive, like, oh, there's a spinal column on the floor. I could I could bring you a broom if you wanted to sweep up <laughs> Oh man. Being eight thousand is like the only excuse for being a bad roommate. I'm gonna go ahead and say that. Yeah. Yeah, I think if you can be like, I legitimately saw empires rise and fall, multiple empires rise and fall, like, I'm gonna leave this spinal column wherever <laughs> I want. Uh, so yeah, R.I.P. R- R.I.P. Peter. Uh, Deacon takes this very hard, as he loved his sire. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so we get a very funny fight scene. Um, including the ripoff Inception one, where they're fighting on the ceiling and the walls, like, upside down. I loved that, and I also really loved imagining that 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 set was, like, in a, um, like, a shipping container that they could just, like, flip and, like, do a shot and then flip and do a shot. I don't know if that's how they did it, but that's what I like to imagine in my mind. I hope so, too. Uh, but all this all the fighting brings the police to their door and now we get an even funnier <laughs> this movie is really just like a bunch of vampire sketches just like smushed together and so this sketch is Viago having hypnotized the cops to not see anything weird but he's like my hypnosis isn't that good so this might stop at any moment <laughs> so the cops are just like you know, you know what's really terrible is that you guys don't have any fire, <laughs> like smoke alarms in this place, and like Deacon and like nigger on the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, yeah! And then they like go to the basement and find this body that they just see as like a drunk person, even though he's wearing like a bandolier of steaks. <laughs> They're just like, you're taking such bad care of your friend. It's so funny. It's like... And the fact that everyone keeps a straight face and no one breaks out into laughter is honestly just like... Awards. Give you all the awards for not having, like, broken in that scene. (laughs) Oh, jeez. I think maybe my favorite... Well... I love that whole part just so much, but I really love the part where Deacon is like, okay, we should eat them. And Vlad is like, but we should hear if they have any more safety tips. First. <laughs> he's clearly like, oh shit. Yeah, we do need some smoke alarms. You know, if you're highly flammable in the sun, I feel like having some smoke alarms would be really useful. I 100% agree. And you should definitely not keep your adhesive under a whatever it was that they said was going to make it light on fire. Cause like vampires are flash paper says Baz pitch. Yeah. Yeah. They really just should not. Yeah. Leave a 
empty bucket of adhesive. <laughs> we um we missed the part where Jackie is talking to the 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 documentary folks about Nick being turned ahead of her. And she describes, like, she's like, it's because I'm a woman. And then she describes their, like, house situation as a homoerotic dick-biting club. <laughs> I just loved it so much. That's, like, one of my favorite lines in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. We also, sorry, we also missed the part where Viago's on a date that he's going to eat and he's just putting down towels and newspaper while this woman talks about like wanting to travel. And he like almost starts crying, listening to her talk about her plans and like knowing that he's about to eat her. It's so good. (laughs) Also, she must be so thirsty, like horny thirsty because she is unfazed by him being like, let me just slip these newspapers under your feet. She's like, we are about to have a great time. (laughs) Yeah, like, that is some, like, straight up serial killer behavior. What is that from? Maybe as a reference to the American Psycho movie (laughs) where he, like, puts down, like, newspapers before he, like, kills that. Anyway, um, I did feel (laughs) it was really cute that he felt bad for her. I was like, maybe you should just switch to animals. He's so funny. There's, like, Viago's so bad at being evil. Yeah, he's, like, really not evil. He just has to eat people to survive. Yeah. But I'm like, you live in New Zealand. You could probably just be buying a bunch of goats. Like, or not goats, sheep. I guess they don't have cars. They can all fly. But yeah, anyway. Agreed. Uh, the next thing I have is them getting the invitation to that. What did you call it? What is it? The Unholy Masquerade? Is that what it's yep, called? It is the Unholy Masquerade. Um, and the invitation starts with the best form of address. The only one I want to use for the rest of time. <laughs> Dearly departed. <laughs> <laughs> I, it makes me want to start writing letters again. I used to be a prolific letter writer. And I'm like, oh, maybe this is the kick I need to start writing people letters again. Bust out my typewriter. Dearly yeah. departed. <laughs> I really like the postcard or like foldable cards. I feel like that seems less intimidating than writing a whole ass letter. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah. That is. Oh, and the invitation has been burned around the edge. <laughs> it's like it's a treasure. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a joke they used in Our Flag Means Death. That's how Steed can tell that the that the treasure map is authentic in episode six seven six six whichever one yeah yeah and then we get i love the more foreshadowing about the beast aka vlad's ex who is pauline yeah and then i mean the vampire masquerade the unholy masquerade at the oh i should have wrote down what the, what the cathedral was called wait hang on a second though because vlad is like not going and is like turning into a stone or something because he's like so upset that the beast has been chosen to be the guest of honor over him and he's they're like come on come to the come to the masquerade and he's like leave me to do my dark bidding and they're like what are you bidding on and he's like oh this beautiful table and he's like i revealed to be on ebay Oh my god. <laughs> I, I don't know how I 
missed this because leave me to do my dark bidding on the internet was one of my choices for my intro line <laughs> because it's so good. It's so funny. It's like, how does a joke about eBay still like land so well? Oh, fuck. It's so funny. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. The uh, Why didn't I write down what the cathedral was called? That's fine. Yeah, this party is deeply funny. Yeah, it has such a such a like badass name and then it's clearly just like like a rentable like generic hall that you can have a party in. It's so good. Yeah, like the next day is going to be like a 10-year-old's birthday party there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like retirement parties are probably the main thing that happens there. Yeah. Um and like the reveal about the beast just being a vampire named Pauline who was just like very lovely like just like a very like average looking like attractive white lady. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, you're just still hung up on your ex. <laughs> That's why your powers don't work. I love that it's like you start getting an inkling of that when they're listing the places that he and the beast have quote unquote battled, where it's like in a like in a in a swamp and then it's like in an alley in a nightclub bathroom and you're like wait a second what what is this battling that we're talking about and then it's like revealed that it's just like his hot axe and you're like mm-hmm, yep that makes sense yeah i don't i don't know why that makes me laugh so much it's, it's like it's good it's 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 so good yeah and there are zombies there <laughs> who are having a heart like the look on Viago's face where he clearly wants to not talk to the zombies but like can't make himself leave Uh, it's like wow hashtag mood yeah I think the best um, the best sort of like improving that we do get from Stu happens when he's talking to the zombie and he does that really good like trying to like cover his nose because they clearly like smell really terrible and that's really believable. Like now knowing that that man is not even an actor, I'm like, yeah, good. He did a really good job with that. <laughs> yeah, and since Stu's supposed to be there, he's a human. Not all chaos break use, breaks loose. But then Vlad shows up in this honestly stunning all white. Like he's wearing eight layers of clothing. <laughs> he, he has like a Steed's wedding cake outfit. He has like a white. Like a white fur coat and then another coat underneath that. And then like a like a white vest from like a tuxedo and then like two other things underneath. It's just so much clothing. He looks amazing and his hair is really good too. And it like accents his mask just beautifully. Yeah. The entire look is incredible. And then he gets to stake Pauline's vampire ex. <laughs> well, him and Stu. Mostly Stu. Mostly Stu yeah and then we get the werewolves again yes i just i it's like the these vampires are clearly giant dorks but they're like a whole different like the the werewolves make the vampires look cool in comparison you know yeah they are such dorks (laughs) 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 and like what did you say Steed's name is? Anton? Yeah. Um, 
him like scolding everybody because they didn't wear like tracky pants like he told them to and but like clearly he didn't tell them why because they're all like oh fuck like why why didn't i know and the reason listener who hasn't watched this movie is because if you wear stretchy pants when you wolf out they expand with your body and then you don't rip your pants so everyone who's wearing jeans their their jeans are going to be destroyed and so like he told them to wear the pants but he didn't tell them why to wear the pants which is it's it's very the character that Reese Darby plays apparently because it feels like totally in keeping with everything that I expect from him knowing him primarily as Steed Bonnet he he's a he's a werewolf not a why wolf all right sorry I let myself out for that one <laughs> oh gay people love puns <laughs> Yeah, the werewolves are trying to chain themselves up, and the vampires are just being little bitches for too long, and so the wolves end up wolfing out, and then, like, eating the camera crew and eating Stu. R.I.P. <laughs> that camera guy. Uh, but Stu makes it, so it's okay. Okay, but that, like, bit where the cops are like, yeah, we keep getting these, like, monthly animal attacks. <laughs> these, like, dog attacks in the community. And it's like, and they cut to like a like border collie, and it's like, the, the, this like, is not the damage of a border collie. Like scolding the dog, they're like pointing to this like mauled body, and they're like, "You did that!" <laughs> <laughs> like, like the dog ate the couch or something. Yeah, I don't know. I was just so glad that dog wasn't a pit bull, but um, they're illegal in New Zealand, so that's actually not the best reason for them to have not used a pit bull. <sighs> Everyone stop banning pit bulls. They're the best dogs. Also, that's so racist. Anyway. The part where Nick is like grieving Stu and Deacon is helping by just listing all of the weird ways <laughs> humans that he has loved have died is so fucking funny to me because <laughs> they're so weird. And also like what a terrible way to make someone feel better. He's like humans they just die what is one of them is like foolishly making themselves a mask made of crackers that they suffocate yes (laughs) (laughs) or like what is it like falling asleep in a pile of leaves and then like suffocating yeah and then like breathing some of the leaves in it's it's, i don't know it's just like really it's really great and he's like, I hope I made you feel better. And then the actor playing Nick just like looks at the kid. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he, you know, you know, Deacon tried. He did. He, he tried real hard. Um, I also, wait, sorry. I can't let this scene go past without mentioning how pissed off the werewolves are about all of the vampires wearing fur coats. Every, all the vampires, but Nick are wearing some kind of fur accessory. Mm-hmm. And the wolves are so pissed. They are. (sighs) You know, the wild thing is that these werewolf costumes are so much better than the ones in Buffy. I mean, it doesn't take much. The werewolf costumes in Buffy are pretty garbage. That's true. They also did a lot with, like, low lighting and silhouettes, too. So we really don't know what these werewolves look like, which is probably for the best. Yeah. You know, I I won't lie. I feel like I I always liked 
werewolves that look more wolf-like, which, Mm -hmm. I mean, is it always feasible with (laughs) budget and restrictions of, like, how practical effects look? Right. I don't know. We could bring in some train huskies or something. I don't know. Yeah. Not that huskies look like wolves, but... I mean, enough that you can get away with it in a in a movie uh yeah. they should just cast all werewolves as the as the puppet from the never-ending story <laughs> that wolf is so fucking scary that w- would be the most effective werewolf probably honestly more puppet were puppeteer werewolves would look pretty cool yeah anyway um my next incredibly favorite thing is that they do this reenactment of Stu getting <laughs> werewolfed and it involves all of the werewolves apparently coming back to reenact the scene naked it's so funny to me because all because they because they uh broke all of their pants <laughs> yeah because they wore the wrong pants and Except like for anton who is wearing yes. pants. <laughs> he's the only one <laughs> And the fact that they're like, we brought you, we brought you some jeans, but like none of them are wearing pants. It's so funny, and I just love the idea of like this be like being real, this being a real documentary, and then being like, well, we have to do the reenactment exactly as it happened, so we all have to get naked now. <laughs> oh. But now everyone's friends <laughs> because Stu is a werewolf. It's so cute. And so now they all have to be able to hang out together, um, which is pretty adorable. And okay, so we get at the very end where Viago is just like, I'm, I just turned Catherine into a vampire. And I know that it's weird because I'm four times her age. And it's just like 90 like year old. Like, She's 96 <laughs> years old. Um, Which... I I love to pieces because part I feel like part of our contemporary conversation about age difference means that when you're watching vampire media you have to talk about it. And so I love this joke where it's like, I know they're really calling me like a cradle robber, but like I don't like I don't care. And it's like because yes, even though she's ninety six years old to someone who's like almost four hundred, it's like, you know, it yeah. is like a weird age gap. <laughs> It's it's so yes, I loved it so much because we have to talk about this all the time with with Buffy and like the point that I think you always come back to is like it we can't let this matter because if you're a vampire, there is no such thing as like a normal age difference. Like you can only date other vampires. And this yeah, they they clearly have also thought a lot about this and we're like we should make a joke about it and what a good joke it is. And like, it ends with Viago, like looking into the camera, clearly so stoked to go have sex with this 96 year old woman, which also is amazing. Yeah. No, I love it. I want to know where they found the person, like how, who is this woman playing Catherine? I just looked, she doesn't have a Wikipedia article. Her name is Ethel Robinson, which is a name that only belongs to a 96 year old woman. And the idea that she was once a baby called Ethel Robinson is incomprehensible to me. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. We did it. We just have a cute little ending. And as we mentioned previous, uh, Jackie gets her happy ending of being her best vampire dom self. Yeah. 
and all the rest the rest of the vampires have their new werewolf friends which is cool so i don't know love wins whatever <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah takeaways i feel like my takeaway is if you just want like fun goth vampire vibes that like aren't super scary and like there aren't really super scary things happening this this is this is the movie to watch you know the humor is very ridiculous and irreverent and it's a lot of fun and i definitely empathize with nick about being in a depression about not being able to eat french fries (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think more just like more things that are silly for the sake of being silly which yeah we just need more of and the fact that like nothing in this is punching down ever aside from the nazi thing being extremely unfortunate there's nothing else that's like cringy at all it's it's just good good jokes and yeah yeah it's not mean it's it's just funny yeah it's just like funny and silly um and especially if you've seen a bunch especially if you've seen like things like interview with a vampire or lost boys you know or like the dracula movie with gary oldman a bunch of times like this is just like it's fun if you've seen those movies but even if you haven't it's still just like really funny because you all we all kind of have a sense of what like hollywood vampire tropes are and like what that looks like and just the way that they like play with that to be like but what if you had four single vampires living in a house together having to (laughs) maintain the furniture Mm -hmm. and you know it's just i don't know it's just really fun and i think that especially this time of the year when people want to watch a lot of like shitty christmas movies that are not as fun because they're often just like what is happening what is the underlying terrible conservative politics of these weird garbage Christmas movies? You can just watch a movie about vampires instead. Mm-hmm. And they're and they're found family. Yeah. And best of all, there's no Colin Robinson. <laughs> there is no Colin Robinson. Uh I also wanted to say, so I read that well, two things. Backing up. One, I, I know a lot of people in the sort of like gap between our flag means death seasons have turned to the what we do in the shadows tv show and people are very insistent on like it being a taika waititi entity and it isn't it's a jermaine clement thing and please if you're one of these people like put give the correct person the credit that's it's fucking weird and rude yeah jermaine clement is like super talented and deserves his props not just for creating things with his bud taika right also did you know that he's the voice of the crab in moana i did find that out uh apparently i think in both flight of the concords and something else he's done other bowie impersonations because the crab from moana if you haven't seen moana is very much like gay david bowie crab yeah um which is excellent like so uh, i didn't didn't know i needed that in a in a animated character but i do (laughs) and so because he clearly wants to play david bowie in something yeah (laughs) and i'm like someone please give that to him and 
especially people are like, he should play a gay pirate in Our Flag Means Death, which I would also be like, he could still be pirate David Bowie. So I make this happen. (laughs) Yes, definitely. (laughs) Um, But yes, Taika Waititi is only tangentially related to the show and is only in a couple of scenes in the show. Yeah, so he, he directed like one episode, I think, or at least yeah. like he. I think he di- co-directed the first episode. I don't even know if he's been like involved beyond that, besides his little cameos. Yeah, I mean, he's doing like eighty million projects at one time, including yeah. those Thor movies, you guys. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. Watch it. Halloween in December, y'all. Keep it, keep it, keep it happening. Yes. <laughs> um. Cool. Thanks, everybody. You should look at the show notes because there's going to be a lot of stuff in there about cool things that you can do in the interim. Um, And until next time. Farewell, Bonnet's Playthings.